one of the things that I know that we didn't talk about beforehand in the pre-meeting, but one of the things I think we have to have a discussion on, and the Christian church needs to address this too, and we do in many areas, and that is, you know, the, the role of personal responsibility is a thing that I think is really lost, and sometimes that gets uh, confused with racism today. And I think you have to understand uh, just the devastating uh, consequence of personal responsibility that you have. And I especially see that uh, in a lot of cultures, especially the African-American culture, but you see it in white and Hispanic as well, just fatherless homes. Just something I always share with people who are really struggling in a marriage and maybe think divorce is the answer or um, people who think the father isn't important in the home, regardless of the your ethnicity, is here are the statistics just I, I've used just recently in, in counseling as well. Uh, statistics that you can go ahead and find um, in a, a number of places like the National Center of Education, the stats, these stats are from 90% of all homeless kids and runaways from fatherless homes. 71% of all pregnant teens are from fatherless. 63% of all youth suicides. 71% of all high school dropouts. 70% of juveniles in state licensed facilities are from fatherless homes. Fatherless kids mm -hmm. um, are twice as likely to jail, twice as likely to have a psychiatric disease and four times likely to use drugs. The reason I bring all that up is sometimes people will look at, and the black culture has been extremely devastating hit, uh, devastatingly hit by this, is you gotta be careful that you don't look at a one age group that sometimes have been um, devastated not because of fault of their own. I mean, some kids who grew up in that in that environment, from my vantage point, started with you know something that uh, others of us didn't. Some challenges that we didn't have to face. Now that doesn't mean um, reverse racism is correct, but it does mean you you treat people differently, understanding they may have come from a different background. But the reason they're suffering, we have to understand, is not racism. It's the fact that dad left father left and you have to make sure you differentiate those two things i think sometimes we don't and and that's yeah. that's a concern i often have so you know when you, when you talk about i just talk about my black friends listen some of them had a very difficult life more difficult than i had because i had an intact family that that's that i didn't have to face that doesn't mean i i, I treat them differently when it comes to responsibilities but i understand that they're coming from it from a starting point is different than mine. So, you know, when you talk about, and this is getting back to systematic racism, I, I think what we often have is a systematic attack on the traditional family. And personally, you're yeah. way too young, both of you guys are too young. 1964, you had a, the whole war on poverty thing. And since then, it hasn't always been the best for people. And so yeah. I think you just got to be careful when you have this conversation to make sure you, you talk about things and you don't let one meld into another. That's just what I'm saying. So thanks for my rant. My time for my rant. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and I think, I mean, who would have thought that the way God designed things would be actually better for people? <laughs> seems, who would have thought? so yeah. counterintuitive. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think, so, you know, a lot of our listeners are, um, they might be struggling with their families, but they might also be in schools or in the lives of families that, that kind of have that maybe don't have those advantages of an intact family of a, a father who not only is present but is modeling christ for his family and and no father right. does that perfectly but 
we're trying to show what it what it looks like to be humble and and lead and and take responsibility and demonstrate what it looks like to have strength and to wield it for the good of my family, the blessing of my family. Um, and right. those and, are and we care. cannot. I don't care what what ethnicity you are. If you don't have that, it's difficult. It's mm -hmm. a difficult road to hoe in life. And as I said, unfortunately, uh, much of the African-American, the black culture has been devastated with the lack of personal responsibility and fatherlessness. And I think you have to bring that up now. That's necessarily the same conversation as racism, but it yeah. does impact that whole discussion. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. I think they're, these are all interrelated and in really complex ways. We're trying to suss them out, kind of separate yep. them, but man, they are they are hand in glove intertwined. Because there's also the other side, and I want to get your take on this. Uh, there's also a sinful nature in my heart that loves to find reasons to make assessments of people, to judge people, and to make to follow through with preconceived notions. Um, and that's also part of this conversation that does come out as racism. You know, it, it, Correct. I find it in my heart and I have to, so help me think through as a Anglo male, like when I find that in my heart, what, what, when I have that reflective moment or I walk into the grocery store and kind of recognize, why did I just think that thought? How would you, how would you pastor me through that? How would you talk me through it? Well, I would first of all say it's glad that you identify that as sin. Uh, now, I, you may have, uh, maybe you grew up and you were the, you know, the victim of crime, or you were the, your your family was the victim of crime, uh, and maybe it was uh, a person of color, or maybe it was a, a white person or whatever. You have to understand, not all people are the same, just as you would think that for them to judge you the same, or you and I, let's just use the church. People say, you guys are pastors? Oh, I, I don't like you at all. Why? Because they had a bad experience mm -hmm. with another pastor or priest or something. And that's the way I kind of look at it is uh, there are, there are unfortunately, bad examples in every ethnic, ethnic group, uh, bad examples in every role and every career. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you paint with a broad brush. I try to see people mm -hmm. as Jesus sees them, and that's a soul first and wrapped in a certain color second. And I, it, you have to constantly remind yourself that and also understand uh, we're, we're kind of we're shaped by how we grew up and the generation we're currently in. I know that my grandfather would use words about people of different, different ethnicities, including like Germans or the Polish, much less African-Americans in ways we would not think appropriate today at all and probably weren't appropriate back then either and so some of this is generational some of it's ethnic but it's all sin you want to look at people from the vantage point jesus does and he didn't see color mm -hmm. he saw someone for right. whom he came to die and yeah is that something they have to constantly work with yes is that hard to do sometimes in a very heightened uh racist centered or racist saturated culture at least that's what the term is being used yeah i think it is but I would tell you the same thing. I'm glad you identify that as sin. Pray that God helps you overcome that sin. Right. Yeah, it, it, sin can have a very good reason, you know, to, to live there. But, uh, and then to be restored. Jesus died for racists too. 
he died for me. He died for my heart. He, he overcame that. I mean, there was pre- all kinds of prejudice against him and he chose instead to sacrifice himself as the, yeah. Um, why would a Jew want to die for a Roman? And why would a Jew want to yeah. die for a Roman or a Samaritan? Mm-hmm. I mean, that I mean, would be did. like, okay, I want to go ahead and die for, I don't know, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the idea. Our, our Savior didn't see color. He saw people who were um, people he loved enough to die. We should love them enough that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so confronting any any prejudgment or or racism or prejudice in my own heart critical how about uh, i, I want to ask you your advice in confronting it in other people when we see it come out and i want to paint a picture for you and kind of use that as a way to launch into this uh, pretty soon here a lot of people are going to be going home for uh thanksgiving christmas they're going to be eating dinner uh, which is inevitably get a couple of schnapps in you if you're german or a couple of beers and Things come out that maybe normally wouldn't. Uh, and maybe Uncle Ricky or Grandpa start saying some of those things that you talked about with your your grandfather, Kraut, and the Germans and the Polish. How do I have that conversation? Because I, I think it goes one of two ways. Either you stay silent and you don't do anything about it, or it turns into this tirade and, and people are storming out of the room and, and family dissolves and tension, all that sort of stuff. I don't think either one of those is necessarily good. So what does that, that healthy response look like? Well, I, I think that you say um, grandpa or uncle Jim, you know, you have to remember Jesus wasn't white. I've said that, I had to say that to my grandma who was Russian and German. <laughs> Adam and Eve talked in German, you know, wo bist du, Adam? You know? No, that didn't happen, grandma. He was Jewish, but she just couldn't get across that he wasn't like Prussian. That's what she wanted him to be, is Prussian. And I think you have to say, yeah. no, no, you guys, t- telling race-based jokes, all of that stuff, that's not appropriate. It's not appropriate, not because I say so, but because Jesus says so. And then, yeah. I, you know, the passage that I've shared with more people than than uh, probably anything else is the Galatians 3 passage, where it says, in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith, right? There's neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. And, and that's a passage that I put in, and the fact that James and James chapter 2 says, listen, brothers and sisters, um, God doesn't show favoritism. So don't you show favoritism. And again, Grandpa, you're no more precious in Jesus' sight than that person is, or Uncle Jim. You're no more, no more talented or precious in Jesus' sight than that person. And maybe that's all you say, and if he goes, well, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You're only you know, 18, 22, 26, make up yeah, a yeah. number. Just, you, you've already stood up for the truth. If you're going to beat them with the truth, it's probably not going to go well, especially if they're on their third schnapps, right? <laughs> probably not going <laughs> to go well. But I still think you have to stand up for the truth and let God work mm-hmm. with that. I think you have to make sure that you handle that. And... Mm-hmm. I think you have to be careful with that. Don't make, I tell young people coming back for Thanksgiving, don't make broad statements like, you know, your whole generation is racist. You know, you have <laughs> yeah, white, right. white privilege. You know, don't, yeah. don't start with that because that is just as ludicrous as saying that, you know, there's no racism in the world today. Don't, don't start with something you know is indefensible. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, we can get swept up in these big conversations about white fragility or white 
white guilt, uh, you know, systemic racism. And I think uh, Jordan Peterson talks about getting your house in order before you go and fix the world. Like, let's start with me. Yeah. Let's start with the relationships that I have and take it one on one. When I'm dealing with grandpa, uncle Jim, who's maybe telling racist jokes, I'm not dealing with the system. I'm dealing with a person. How do I, how do I talk with a person? And those are critical skills to this whole conversation. I think it would all go much better and have much, uh, the outcome would be grander, greater if we started talking to individuals instead of these sweeping generalities well, and big, big discussions. Absolutely. And, and something you just hit on, I just like to expand on, and that is getting your own house in order. Uh, the idea is that, remember, okay, you have to admit, I mean, this white privilege thing, I, I don't have any really any time for. But do I believe that some of us, whether we're white or Hispanic or Asian or African-American, have other privileges that others don't have? Well, yeah, look around the globe, people. The poor people we call in America are by far the top 5% if you look in many nations around the globe. But the, the mm -hmm. Bible does say we who have been blessed with material possessions are supposed to freely share with those in need. And I think mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. part of getting your house in order. Where can you help people who are less fortunate, who are on a lower social economic ladder rung? I mean, Paul, Paul says that in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, he's talking about, hey, make sure you try to do good for those who are rich in this world. And that would be, I would venture to say, everyone listening to us compared to others. Mm -hmm. Jesus talks about using if you have some kind of, a, you know, if you have some kind of authority and power, let's use the word power, in Matthew chapter 20, 24 and following, he says, don't lord it over people, but learn to serve people in Jesus' name in that way. Mm -hmm. And and do nothing out of selfish ambition, Paul finally says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. So, yeah, you've got to get your own house in order. Realize, yes, maybe you've, you've been blessed to be born in this country at this time. You're not born mm -hmm. in Haiti right now where it's much more difficult to be born in some other third world country or some country right now struggling. So acknowledge, yes, that doesn't automatically make me a racist, but it makes me uh, have to be more responsible with the things God has given me in, in a way that maybe someone who hasn't been given as much isn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's important to understand. Here, here's the other thought that I have too. Uh, you have to understand the privileges we have as well. Not only are we supposed to use them in a God-pleasing way to help those who are less fortunate, but I think it's also important to understand you didn't earn those things necessarily. That doesn't mean you didn't work hard. You didn't go to, go to school and get great grades. You didn't take advantage of the opportunities and all of those things. But ultimately, from a Jesus follower standpoint, we understand those are blessings from God. And so you want to make sure that that you make a difference in someone's life, understanding you want to leverage those things that ultimately came from your God's hands. So I think that's important. You don't, you don't have to feel guilty about having them, certainly, but you want to meet them. Uh, I think there's, there's no question that Christians in the first world have responsibilities to those who live in third world to provide for physical and spiritual resources. I just think sometimes that's overlooked. In fact, isn't that what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, where he says, uh, for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. I think that's just important for us to understand in this whole discussion of getting your house in order, in order to serve others, whether they look differently than you or not, 
in Jesus' name with what you've been given by him. That's that's my thought. Well, thanks for tuning in and spending some time with us on this really important topic. Not easy conversation to have, I know. And it's not starting with us, but I'm glad we're able to contribute to it. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear your questions, your your input. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we'd love to have you join our digital community. Um, make sure uh, if you got something out of this episode, if you found it helpful, make sure you share it with someone who might also get something out of it. Maybe start them on podcast or show them how to download this podcast, how to search for it. Um, and in the meantime, we'll see you soon. We pray that this podcast helps make room in your life for the fear of God to reign.